In the last year that Bud Dupree was in Pittsburgh and he and T.J. Watt were the tandem at Edge Rusher, I had reached the lazy point, inexcusably lazy point, of analyzing matchups based purely on whether or not those guys existed. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of TK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The Steelers are back at practice today. That's on the south side now since training camp at St. Vincent College has come to a conclusion. They'll be practicing Today and tomorrow, then have a walk through Wednesday, and then the flight down to Atlanta to face the Falcons in the preseason finale Thursday night. I'll be flying down there, obviously, as well. And what's any of that have to do with old Bud? Well, when Bud was here, and I'm talking about peak Bud, the version of Bud that got paid by the Titans, I saw the Steelers' pass rush overall between TJ, Bud, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, as so unstoppable and so influential in the outcome of games that if they were all there, I could not see how an opponent, especially one with a quarterback who couldn't escape them, who didn't have that mobility, I couldn't see how those teams would beat Pittsburgh. And you know what? 99% of the time, That was the beginning and the end of it. That's all that had to be figured out. Didn't matter how Ben did. Didn't matter how the offense did. Didn't even matter how the rest of the defense did. Because the pass rush was so overwhelming at times that everything happened right there. Well, I'm not going to go where you might think I'm going here. I don't see TJ in that version of Bud. Right now, I like Alex Highsmith a lot, but he still has, according to Alex himself, another level that he can reach. But there's something else that's in play here because there are a couple of someone else's in play here. Between TJ and Alex, you've got a future Hall of Famer and an all-pro capable starter on the other side. But they have to tap out. And the tap out comes with a negative connotation a lot in football. It really shouldn't. Different positions demand it. And TJ specifically demands it. There's a certain level at which his motor needs to be functioning for him to pull off some of the moves that he pulls off. To deliver the force, the energy, the speed that he knows he needs to beat the guy in front of him. And as a result, you're not going to see TJ log 70, 75, 80 snaps. Actually, you don't want anybody logging 80. The very best version of TJ, the one who's the greatest disruptor, is the one who's right around in that 55 to 60 range. Well, between TJ and Alex... And now, and this is where you knew I was heading, Nick Herbig, and please do not forget about Marcus Golden. 
I know Herbig's been the darling of camp to date, and he should be. He's been outstanding. He looks like a tremendous, tremendous draft pick. Another one out of Wisconsin. He's doing everything. He's doing it well. He's shining on and off the field. But that was the old man Golden out there the other day drawing not one, not two, but three Buffalo penalties. You're never going to see an edge rusher draw three penalties in a game, a preseason or not. In addition to making all kinds of other impact, there are four NFL starter caliber edge rushers on this defense. I can say that without the slightest tinge of hesitation. Four of them. And unlike most positions, whether it's offense or defense, they're not just depth in the substitute context. They're not just going to get on the field if TJ or Alex gets hurt. They're going to play, and they're going to play a lot. What's a lot? Well, let's put it this way. When TJ and Bud were doing their thing, the third... OLB in the mix for the most part. They, they changed as the season went along. Was Anthony Ciccolo, who just doesn't even belong in the same sentence. Not even close. Not like the same paragraph. Maybe not the same novel as the, either of the two guys that he was replacing on a given snap. And the same goes for what they were throwing out there last year. Malik Reed who couldn't do anything, no idea how that dude ever got the sacks that he did in Denver, couldn't do anything defensively. And then on top of that for TJ to get hurt and then to come back and not be 100% when he's playing over the second half of the season, you had yourself pretty much the recipe for disasters too strong, but it was a downer, a position that is supposed to be leading the way on this defense, a position that has traditionally, going back to the Chuck Knoll era, has led the way for this franchise, was just, eh, you know, it was just kind of there, or less at times. This, this is something else. Not just because of what you're seeing from Herbig and Golden, but also for what they can do for TJ and Alex. I'm going to share something with you here on this show. TJ is always one of the last people with whom I speak before leaving a locker room after a game. And it's usually not anything, you know, formal or, you know, a list of questions or whatever. I'm just taking his temperature. He's the best player on the team. I do this with, with the Penguins and Pirates, too. And I just made glancing mention to TJ about the room that he's got, meaning the edge rusher room. And everything that followed, which was off the record, so I'm not going to repeat it, but everything that followed was a hearty affirmation of everything that you've heard on this episode, everything that you've heard me say. And I got to tell you something. I don't know where I am right now on this defense because there's still a lot of moving parts. Still got to sort out who's going to be this corner or that corner. How often you're using the three safety set. Who's the inside linebacker or whatever. But I could very easily swing back to where I was a few years ago. 
barely even bother analyzing the rest when we come back J1Q. Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and they've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. from Matthew. He says, Hi DK, I loved the game Saturday and I don't want to rain on the parade, but it's time for the Kendrick Green experiment to end, isn't it? He gave us 4th and 40 all by himself in the game in Tampa and then he stunk up the second one as well. You know, Matthew, the first thing that I have to say is, yeah, of course. And on top of everything else, Mike Tomlin essentially called him out, essentially put him on hard public notice by saying that we believe in doing the routine plays routinely and messing up a, a CQ exchange, meaning center to quarterback, of course, should be routine. And it's not. And it's not okay. And and there. That's it. Like, I could just sign off the program right now. You know, let's all get back together tomorrow. But the green story got these bizarre legs because of that comical, maybe deliberately comical, and definitely gimmicky assignment at fullback for him. You know, he went and he did it a couple of times in Friday Night Lights. He ran through people. He had a couple of big blocks. Well, of course, he had a couple of big blocks. He's an incredibly top-heavy, large human who's coming around and probably taking on somebody who's half his size, certainly, from the torso up. But this idea that he was going to be kept for goal line situations or even handing him the football, this is actually why you have Najee Harris. It's for those things. It's for those tougher yards. It's because he doesn't fumble. If you would have ever seen this team, this coaching staff specifically, on an NFL Sunday, regardless of the score, handing the ball to a failed offensive lineman in what would almost certainly be a pivotal part of the field or a pivotal situation on the field, like a fourth and one or somewhere and goal. That would have been a fireable offense. You'd never do that. Never, ever, ever, ever. But this fan base, and I'm going to say this in the positive perspective, is so into this team that this became a real thing. Half of every question that I was getting here 
was something about Kendrick Green. TK, why aren't you talking about Kendrick Green? Everyone's talking about Kendrick Green. And everywhere else that I looked, I saw a lot of the same stuff. Kendrick Green this, Kendrick Green that. This team, my friends, and I certainly hope this is coming into a much plainer light these days, is having itself one hell of a summer. Going back to the free agent signings, to the draft, to the performances that have followed for what they're worth in OTA's mini camp and then the training camp that was just completed. There are some very, very good things happening for this team, but nothing is ever enough for a fan base that's this passionate. Every story is one that everyone can tell excitedly to each other. And I'm not like I'm the only one saying this Kendrick Green stuff is so ridiculous. Just stop, 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 stop. And then when the Kendrick Green balloon goes pop first in Tampa with those awful snaps, those awful reps that reminded everybody of what he actually is, which is a failed offensive lineman, specifically at center. And then he does it again in this Buffalo game. And then you don't hear any more of the cutesy stuff because that was never to be taken seriously. It's, oh no, what happened to Kendrick Green? <laughs> Kendrick Green, you, you made him up. That's what happened. You're so into this whole thing that you were just like, I, I want more, I want more, I want more. You're all going to have to trust me this time. You've got plenty. In fact, there are players, starters, on this current roster who aren't getting anywhere near, in my estimation, enough appreciation for who they are and what they've meant to this team, but much more important, what they're going to mean to the 2023 team. I really believe that. But then you know what? If I say to you, for example, that James Daniels, the starting right guard, is one of those, you're going to say, all right, well, tell me a good Daniels story. And I don't have any. He's exactly what you want an offensive lineman to be. He's boring and nobody ever says his name. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, including anyone still obsessed with Kendrick Green. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.